Jenny, welcome. Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> you are just, my wife. You just found me and brought me up. That's <laughs> some rando. Uh, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Yes. Appreciate it. We're going to talk no about family today. So we're going yes. through the, the circles of relationships. And this is week two of our new series talking about the circles of relationships in our lives. There's seven of them. Today we're going to talk about family. Yep. And all of this is really centered on the love of Christ. I love Colossians 3, 14. It says, above all, so this is the most important, clothe yourselves with, lo- with love which binds all together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. So today we're talking about the circle of our home. Yeah, so kind of just talking about loving and leading our family well. So Winston Churchill had a great quote and he said this, there's no doubt that it is around the family and the home that all the greatest virtues are created, strengthened and maintained. I just thought there's so much truth in that statement, right? I mean, that this is that first circle of relationships that is so impactful in our lives. Right. And so when we introduced the series last week, when we talked about the seven circles that we're in of relationships, family might be the lowest number of people in in that circle. You know, you're talking about spouse and kids and grandkids, that nuclear family, but it's the most important. It's right in the center. Every other relationship really depends on how healthy we are at home because if if the home life's not good, ain't nothing in life is good, right? That's just kind of how it goes. So today we're talking about loving and leading your family. And, And Jenny, when I first met you, uh, your family that you grew up in yeah. was intimidating to me because it was like this perfect beaver cleaver, uh, you know, well put together home. Your dad was a fire chief. I mean, oh my gosh, it's the most stereotypical thing you'd ever, and it's just a wonderful home life, committed marriage, four kids on a farm. I mean, picking your own eggs in the morning, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have that experience. <laughs> I had opposite land. Uh, so when we met here at the church yeah. uh, years ago, uh, a lot of years ago, uh, I was sort of intimidated by your family, but I was, I was attracted to it because I had a hard time sort of wrapping my head around who I would be as a husband and who I would be as a father. And you really helped lead me into sort of that, that family mentality. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, no, I am yeah, very grateful for the family that I was raised in. And um, I've never really taken that for granted because I'm just so grateful that my parents had they had a great strong marriage and just really provided a, a good solid upbringing for my siblings and I, um, which I think is why I, I really did go into our marriage wanting to kind of have that same thing, just have a very strong um, marriage, have a very strong and healthy family life, you know, to, to raise our kids in. So I am passionate, very passionate about family and marriage and marriage ministry. We have our marriage retreat coming up. This is a same shameless plug that I'm gonna throw out there, but it is September 10th through the 12th. And it's just, this is one of my favorite weekends of the year. I think it is important to kind of just get some time away and work on our marriage. Cause you know, with that strong marriage, it does trickle down into a strong and healthy family, I think. Absolutely. And, and because of our story, I think we're so committed to, to marriages and whether you're married now or, or will yeah. be married or, or if you'll you know, have a calling to remain single, Understanding the importance of that nuclear family is, is important because we all come from a family. We all have parents. Uh, we all have uh, uh, siblings, perhaps, uh, marriage and children, grandkids. So it's important for us to understand God's heart for that family. And I want us to know from the very beginning that there is no one size fits all for every family. Every family is, is different. And so, you know, sometimes people go to church and they hear it's about family. They kind of roll their eyes and we're going to be told everything we do wrong and have this incredibly high bar of perfection that no one can possibly attain. You're not going to get that here ever at this church. <laughs> um, we'd like to keep it real. And, and, and one of the things that attracts us to the television show, The Middle, which we're now going through for the third time, uh, season With one. With Aubrey. With Aubrey. Okay, that's the excuse. <laughs> yes. Um, 
is it, it keeps it real. So here you have the Heck family, and the Heck family, they're the floater parents. And then you have the Donahues, which are the dialed-in yeah. family. So tell us about the Hecks. Yeah, so the Hecks I would describe as kind of like the fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of a family, right? They just are always running late, always forgetting things, like forgetting trash day, forgetting parent-teacher conferences, forgetting their child on a few occasions. <laughs> um, so just kind of, but yet they, I mean, obviously their family is so important, but they're just kind of, you know, a little chaotic. And then the Donahues is their neighbors, and the Donahues are kind of seen as like the family that's totally dialed in, buttoned up. The, the Mrs. Donahue is the president of like all the PTAs, all the community events she's the president of. She has homemade meals every night. She's always taking the neighbor's homemade meals. And so just very different between the two families. So are, are we more like the Hex or are we more like the Donahues? Depends on the day, I would say. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Some days definitely more like the Hex and some days definitely more like the Donahues. I think there was one episode just recently that we were watching um, and uh, Frankie, who's Mrs. Heck, she they have to kind of just rearrange a bunch of plans because they need to watch their aunt's dog kind of last minute. And so um, the husband's complaining because they had a trip planned and they had to cancel the trip. So he's super not happy. And she says to him, she says that we do for family. And I love that statement. I'm like, even though, you know, life is crazy and kind of can be chaotic, but you do for your family. And so you have to, sometimes you may have to change your plans and rearrange things, but that's kind of what's the most important. And that's part of the wonderful life of a family is there's, it moves and it changes. And sometimes you expect this, it turns this way and how we navigate those changes, how we navigate uh, all of the interesting chaos that is every single family that ever was yeah. is, is important because it's not about necessarily us attaining this level of perfection, but how do we live in the imperfection? I love this little prayer. It's kind of buried in the old Testament, but it's a really cool prayer over households. It says, peace to you and peace be to your house and peace be to all that you have. And that peace is the word shalom. And maybe you're familiar with that Hebrew word shalom. It's a, it's a nice word. It's a rich word. It means to be sound and tranquil, content and positive. So it's not just about a lack of tension. It's about a deep sense of tranquility that comes from a positive uh, environment, according to 1 Samuel, over our household. So how can we create a positive environment? That's what we're going to talk about today because negativity is a killer. Negativity is a killer. So negativity, kind of imagine, it's like an eroding force in a family and of a family in trouble. Little bits of negativity over time can build canyons between a marriage and between parents and kids, which we'll see like this visual right here that Scott's going to talk about right, so a little bit. Take a look at this at this picture, and and you see this incredible canyon. It's beautiful, right? But how was it made? It was made by a little trickle of water over millions of years, right? And so families are, are like that, where negativity can be a little trickle of water that does so much damage, just eroding the soul of a family. Um, and, and you might have been raised in a family that was a little negative or a lot of negative. You might be in a family right now, if you were to be honest, has little trickles of negativity where you're, you're at each other and you're kind of barking at each other and you're bringing out the worst and you're highlighting failures just, and just grumpy. Just th that little trickle of negativity can create a massive canyon between people where you might have a family that's in real trouble, but not because of a major event, but because there's just this trickle of negativity that just grinds at you and wears at you and erodes the health of your family. And, um, and maybe your family's doing fine, but still negativity can be that very, very destructive uh, force. So we've landed on three ways to create a positive environment at home. What's yeah. the first one? So the first one is don't sweat the small stuff, like just something that's so important to remember. So Ephesians 4.2 says this, always be humble and gentle, be patient, 
be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. I love that verse. So it's like, you know, we need to be patient and humble and gentle with each other. But then that last part, but we need to make allowances for each other's faults, which I think that's really hard to do sometimes, right? It's really hard to do. So (laughs) let's talk about that. It's actually shocking to read that passage. Now, wait a minute. I have to make an allowance for faults in my household. That means I'm going to give space for failure. That doesn't even cross our minds. I mean, how many of us have had this conversation at home? You know what? We need to create space to allow each other to fail. (laughs) No way. I mean, it's so shocking that there would be this kind of expression of of love. It's almost as though God allows us. He gives us space to fail because he knows we're not perfect. So maybe we give others space to fail because they're not perfect. But that's a great risk. Why? Because if I give you space to fail, you might fail more. If, I, if you give me space to fail, it means I might take advantage of that space and do things that you're not going to like. And so we don't give space to fail. We give very little margin to fail. And when somebody does, we've got to keep this in control. I didn't like that. I'm going to let you know I don't like that. So you never do it again. Yeah. And so creating space that we don't have perfect marriages, we don't have perfect kids, we're not perfect, give space to fail. Now, this was kind of a big deal. There was a season in our marriage where we got a little negative. There's a bunch of kids in the house, and it was crazy. <laughs> a bunch of little kids around the house. We were poor. <clears throat> yes. No, there was that season, though, and um, I was for sure was in a very negative season, I would say. Um, and it was obviously directed to Scott. Um, so he, he's very messy, so whatever. You guys <laughs> now know this about him. And I should have clued into the fact of his messiness when we were dating, and I went and, like, got a drive drove in his truck for the first time. Like the actual truck was kind of picked up and then I opened the center console and I was like, oh my gosh, what's growing in there? I, I, call so. it, I just call it alternative organization. Yeah, there you go. Oh, still doing that. I'm gonna write a book on it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, so he's just not, he's not as clean as I am. I kind of like, you know, the house to be neat and tidy, but um, he didn't. So I would get very focused on all of the stuff that he was left out. And he left out a lot like, he would just leave clothes and shoes kind of everywhere. And so I was starting to get really nitpicky with that and just on him a lot about, you know, you need to pick this up. Cause I, I took it as he wasn't valuing what was important to me. And so that's why it became kind of a, a big deal in my mind. So in, in your mind, what I was doing was disrespectful to you right. and, and it discounted you and your values. And so to, you interpreted that as a, as a big deal and yeah. you responded as a big right. deal. In my head, I've been doing this my entire life. Right. This is a busy place. I'm making all kinds of excuses. Guys, you can use this. <laughs> this is a busy place. And I thought, you know what? Uh, these shoes I'm going to wear tomorrow. Why take the 10 seconds and put them in the closet? I'm going to wear them tomorrow. They go on the side of the bed. What's the big deal, right? Uh, same thing with uh, you know, all, all kinds. Anyway, I'm going to use it tomorrow. I'm going to wear it tomorrow. I, who cares? Nobody's going to see this. Jenny's the kind of person that makes her bed every day. Yes. I would never make my bed once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to see my bed. I'm getting right into it in a few hours. I'm, I, I don't need that. So uh, truly, we think differently in that regard. Yeah. Um, so to me, I was operating like it was a little deal. To her, it was a big deal. She came at me like it was a big deal. So I, it built resentment in me. So now we're kind of at a war about this thing. Now, I had to realize that I was actually disrespecting her. I had to wake up to that. I was. I may not have intended that early, but I was. And so how we dealt with this, we're both now, you know, taking this to a level 10 when really it could have been solved fairly early. And, and you actually solved it. You took the lead to solve this issue. Yeah, I, I remember like this very specific thought in my head. I'm like, okay, we have a good marriage, but we really don't have a great marriage. Like, cause we were just kind of like, you know, just nitpicking each other. I felt like a lot. And so 
Um, we had gone to a conference in the season and then I'd read a couple books on marriage and was like, okay, there's, I just need to start making some changes. I need to let this go and not let this like bug me as much as it's bugging me. Because I, I knew I was kind of turning into that, um, kind of that negative nagging wife. And I'm like, I just don't like that about me. I don't want to be that. So I kind of just kind of stopped and yeah. And I didn't tell him though. I was stopping. She didn't tell me, which I, I wasn't happy about that. You didn't tell me. <laughs> And I, but I noticed that. I remember the day I noticed it, we were in our bedroom at the foot of our bed. You came into the room. You saw, I don't know, clothes. Picked up the clothes, took it in the closet, put it away, and walked out, and you didn't say a word. I thought I was going to catch holy <laughs> heck. And you just walked out, and I, th- and I thought to myself, darn it, she made a change <laughs> to, to better our marriage. How dare she take the lead on that? You know? And, uh, and it was great. And, and I actually kind of softened, I think, at that point. I started no, making did. some changes. It was changes. actually amazing because then he kind of just started picking up his stuff without me even having to ask him. <laughs> so it was, it was a win-win. <laughs> and, but you led. You led with love. And that's the key. Yeah. You, you could have nagged me for the rest of my yeah, life about I that stuff. Have. And I don't think I would have ever changed because right. resentments would have built. Right. Because now you're not valuing me because it's a, it's a little thing. Why are you on me like? So this is this back and forth thing. You led with, with love, not sweating the small stuff. Right. And I thought, you know what? good for you. <laughs> I'm going to make a few changes. <laughs> and so she led that household in that way, which really helped end up ma- making a, a better home. Yeah. This is true with kids as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got four kids. One of our twin boys, Tyler, uh, he <laughs> is, Tyler's not watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you are. <laughs> He's a great kid. Uh, in sports, he was called Hoover behind the, the plate because he was a catcher and nothing would get by him in football. He was a receiver and he had the best hands on the team. And yet he can't take a glass of water from one side of the room to the other without dropping it. No joke. It's, he spills all the time. All the time. Like when he was little every night at the dinner table, like, every and I'm, we're not exaggerating. <laughs> and it would just be, it was, we had a choice. Do we yeah. harp on him? Tyler, why did you do that again? Yeah. Why don't you be careful? You're always, you're never. Yeah. And after a while, we just realized that he's, it's just going to happen. Just what him. difference is it going to make? We're not going to make him feel bad. He spills something. He already yeah. feels bad. He's got to clean it up. And. And so we started kind of making light of it. Totally. It's classic, a joke. classic Tyler. That's <laughs> yep. what we say. Classic Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Let's help, help him pick it up. So that's a small thing. Just big yeah. deal. So he spills yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> big deal. And of course, he got better after, after, you know, his kind of early teenage years. But still, he spilled the other day. He's 21 years old. It's like, we all started busting up. Classic Tyler. Right? I love how Colossians 3 puts it. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And that clothe yourselves, be totally enveloped in this. Kindness and patience toward each other. Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect unity. So that idea of clothing with patience, as I said earlier in Ephesians, make room for faults. Make the, keep the little deals the little deals. Every once in a while, you've got to talk about a big thing. Even leaving clutter around the house, it would have been perfectly appropriate for you to say, hey, and I think you might have, I'm feeling disrespected. I'm feeling undervalued. Can we talk about that? You know, not jumping, you know, blindsided, but can we have a discussion about this? Because this is how I feel. Sometimes you have to talk about things and sometimes they are big deals, but just day to day, let the small stuff go. There's also uh, encouraging each other as a way to build a positive household. Yeah, I'd say for sure, encouraging each other is, is so important. I think, you know, it is easy sometimes for, like for me sometimes to fall into that negativity. And then within that negativity, you know, we can kind of become critical. So especially like as we're talking about the family unit and in this circle, um, I think, you know, spouses, we come from different backgrounds, different, you know, upbringings. With our kids, we have, they have different personalities, there's different values, and it's easy to be critical, especially if that 
you know, we've got four kids and their personalities are all very, very different. And, you know, if you, there's a personality in your family that you may not like mesh with very well, it's very easy to, I think, to become critical of that person, right? So we have to really guard that and be, be very careful to not, you know, be critical of one another. So really work on limiting criticism within your home and then just have an abundance of encouragement. So limit, limited criticism, unlimited encouragement. Sometimes there has to be criticism. You've got to address the real issues of a home, but limit that, right? Don't blindside each other. You may not want to be critical when emotions are hot, but just, you know, kind of plan a calm time and talk about how we can improve our family. No big deal. But let encouragement be unlimited. Always be looking for ways to, to be positive with the people in your home. Galatians 5.15 says this, if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. So many households are biting and devouring each other, always criticizing, and it's this eroding of negativity. Um, what is encouragement really yeah, at its core? So there's a great definition we found of encouragement, and it's giving another strength, giving another confidence, and giving another courage. So really, that's kind of just that main purpose, right, in your marriage and, and in parenting, is that you want to see those people in your family thrive. And so they're gonna thrive when you're encouraging them with the strength and encouraging them with confidence and encouraging with courage. Yep. And I wanna give you a little clue of what encouragement is not. Encouragement is not saying to somebody, <laughs> I wanna encourage you to lose a few pounds. <laughs> not encouragement. That's criticism called encouragement. <laughs> that's not, that doesn't count. If you say something like that, you have to do 21 actual encouragements to make up for it. Uh, that is not encouragement. So encouragement really begins with words, right? Yeah. Encouraging words. Yep. Proverbs 12:25 says this, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And I think to some degree, everybody's kind of weighed down from this last year, right? And there's just been a lot of things. So it's like, let's look at ways that we can lift each other up and encourage each other with our words. So something we're going to, you know, kind of challenge is each day, try to say one or two very nice and kind things to those people who are in your family. So men, let's talk, right? Write this, write this down. Use your (laughs) words, use your words. There's an assumption that men use fewer words than women. Have you heard that? That men use fewer words? That is absolutely not true. There's been over a dozen studies that indicate clearly that men use the same number of words in life, just not at home. Uh, I was with, you know, my buddies on my Friday morning golf round, and all we did was chat. 95% of it was trash talk, brutal trash talk, which is how we express affection. Uh, (laughs) But we're talking, talking, talking. (laughs) Men come home, we tend to get a little quieter. We tend to get in our heads a little bit more. So men, we just want to encourage you, use your words. So find specific ways to encourage your spouse and your kids. Talk about your spouse's hard work. They're multitasking. Find something specific and encourage them for that. If they're good with their kids, they they, they spend time with the kids. Encourage them for that. Uh, Find ways to encourage their character. The other day, Jenny was making something for a a family, very Nancy Donahue of you. And I said, hey, that's very, very (laughs) kind of you to do that. You know, it's calling out specific encouragements for character. Uh, Thanking them for um, just how how much they they do at work and carry all the burdens of, uh, you know, maybe, you know, that they have a job and, and what they're doing around the house, be very specific, be very, very specific about their beauty. Um, specifically, I love your eyes, love your smile. That means so much to our spouses. And find ways to encourage your kids. Uh, men, I'm telling you, this is one of the most important things you'll hear in your life. Your children live on your kind, encouraging words. They live on it. And not encouraging them to get better grades or encouraging them to be better at sports. That, that is a discouragement. Encouragement is 
nice job. You got an A minus on that quiz. You worked hard. I'm so proud of you. You know, you, you picked up uh, after your, yourself at the dinner table. That is so cool. You took that dish to that sink that helps, helps us all out. Things like that where you're not, you know, you're not calling out somebody. You're just thanking them for who they are. You're so kind and you're so nice to your brother and sister right there. That's where real change happens. Not constantly harping on your kids with the negative. That just builds resentment. And, and listen, by the time they're 12 or 13 years old and you've been harping on them to do better, do better, do better, game over because they're gonna come right back at you with negativity. And I guarantee they're gonna win that fight. They're gonna win. And we spend a lot of time kind of repairing homes that have become negative, which thankfully that is reparable. We can turn that around for sure. And it gets turned around by positive, encouraging words, particularly from dad in many respects. Yeah, totally. Um, So ladies, it's our turn to talk. Um, So something I, just because I know for myself, like I said, I've struggled with this a little bit, but just trying to be more positive, like just always looking at ways to just be more positive. Because I know for, you know, men don't like, you know, women coming at them negative, you know, in a negative way. I, um, I mean, and it just when, when, I mean, I've seen this, like when the mom's negative and it just kind of creates like a negative vibe in the home, right? And so it's just not a super fun place to be. So something, you know, that, that's something I've really worked on is just trying not to be negative and, um, and just be affirming, like use our words of encouragement to affirm our spouse and affirm our kids. So I think, you know, especially with our spouses, sometimes men generally are going to gravitate to where they're affirmed. And so if, you know, they're more affirmed at work or, you know, with their friends, then they may gravitate and be, hang out more where they're going to be, you know, affirmed. So just try to make sure that they're being affirmed at home. And that's something I, I did have to work on early on when our kids were little. Um, but also just like Scott said, be specific, you know, with your spouse, like how, just thank them for the work that they're doing. Thank them for, um, you know, just being diligent about coming home after they've had, you know, been at work all day. I mean, Scott was always great about this, about coming home and just playing with the kids. Like, I know he, I knew he was tired, but he kind of was like, you know, at the door. I remember him saying this, like he was like, okay, that job's done now. My job at home is beginning. And he would just come in and hang out with the kids and play with them. And, and I always just appreciated that so much about him. Um, and then affirming our kids. I mean, Scott kind of talked about this too, but um, just as moms, just make sure we're affirming them and encouraging them and, and just letting them know how much we appreciate the little things that they're doing. Even when they're, I mean, just so little, my nephews too and you know, I just see him interacting with my sister-in-law and, you know, and she's telling him a good job and his whole face just brights up. I mean, it's just so life-giving when we, you know, are just using our words to encourage our kids. And encouragement doesn't just come through words. Encouragement comes through time yeah. as well. That, that's focused time. Right. And uh, that means so much to a family. Totally. And I know like with our spouses, like Scott for sure is like, he loves one-on-one time. So I, I know like it's important for him for us to get out on our date nights and for us to actually get away um, on trips, which I love too, but it's always a little bit more work, I think, for the moms to leave, you know, because we're having to coordinate everything. So sometimes I'm like, oh, that's a lot of work, but it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's a value for Scott. So I, you've probably all heard of the love languages. There's five love languages. Scott's for sure is quality time. So I know that that is a, a value for him. And I know that that will bring him encouragement when we, you know, are together. And so I, I try to make that a priority. In our and as somebody who's, you know, born family, uh, yeah. Jenny's encouragement is to spend time with all of us. And so for, yeah. for my 50th uh, birthday, uh, she planned a, a one-on-one get together. Right. 
uh, for her 50th birthday, which is coming up in about 12 and a half years, uh, <laughs> we planned a, a, a whole family trip, right? Yes. All seven of us, including, including son-in-law. Yes. And so uh, just trying to figure out what, what kind of time we value. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the kids. Do the kids value all being together? Does one kid value that one-on-one? Just try to discern you know, where the, the, the value of the other comes in terms of spending time. Uh, I love how uh, Ephesians 5.15 puts it. Now, this is in the context of family. Be careful how you live. Make the most of every opportunity. And that's real key. You know, we have a limited amount of time, especially with our kids. So, so really thinking through, how can I make the most of this time that I have with my kids and plan that out? Uh, the final thing we want to talk about is having fun. That builds a positive family yeah, atmosphere I, as well. this is probably my favorite. I love this. I just think it's so important to create that fun. So in Ecclesiastes 8.15, I love this verse. It says this. So I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That, that way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God has given them under the sun. I love that. Here, here is, here's yeah. King Solomon, uh, and he's at the end of his life. So the, the book of Ecclesiastes, just think of it as a, as a grumpy old man on his porch. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> what Ecclesiastes is all about. And every once in a while, he just says things that actually kind of ridiculous, that everything's in vain, nothing matters. You just, okay, that's, that's a grumpy old man on his porch. But every once in a while, he looks back on his life and he says, you know what? This is what I've learned. And what does he say? Have fun. He says, life is full of toil. And we know that life is full of toil, right? We live in a world that's in turmoil right now. Uh, Pastor Dion talked about some of the turmoil we're experiencing as a country. This world is kind of weighty. And so for us to at home say, we're going to have a good time. We're going to plan fun. Some of it's spontaneous, but we're going to plan this out as well. Uh, the pandemic, for some families, helped us to have some planned fun because we're all kind of piled together over a period of months. And uh, we decided to do something even around doing dishes. Yeah, so there's seven now you know, at home during the pandemic because everybody came home, including our son-in-law with April. So we, uh, I think it was one of the boys' idea, but we decided we liked the TV show Survivor. So we decided to turn whoever's, to turn dishes the evening dishes into like survivor a game. survivor game. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Having a hard time getting my words out. Um, so, so we, um, every night we'd have tribal council. And so the kids would kind of vote on who was going to like have to do dishes that night. And so they were like forming little alliances during the week. And I mean, we just had a ton of fun. I mean, it took a lot of time, but it was, we had a lot of time, right? And so, but we just had a lot of fun. So you'd, go to a ro- you'd go to a room, a camera would be going, you'd write <laughs> yeah. down the name, and then we'd, we'd watch, the, it was a whole video production. It took us about a half an hour to find right. out who was doing dishes that night. Right. And then the person who didn't get voted all week so, right, had the they, next week off. Right, they had the next week off. Right. And guess who never did dishes the entire time? Because <laughs> Aubrey felt bad and didn't want to like ever vote him out. Don't so blame Scott on Aubrey. never did Don't dishes. Don't blame it on Aubrey. And it made the other kids so mad. <laughs> but just have fun. Have fun. That could be so important. Well, Jenny, it's been good. Yes, Don't sweat you. the small stuff. Encouraging words, encouraging time, and have fun. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yep. Appreciate it, Jenny. 